This is Loika Darkroom. This is where we share stories and celebrate the success of photographers in the Web3 space. I'm your host, Pam Voth. Let's go into the darkroom and see what develops. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Monday version of the Sloika Darkroom. This is the Halloween version, so don't be too scared. We'll, uh, we'll, keep it, um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it in the like ghosts and owls category rather than like monsters and vampires, maybe. Um, but I want to just uh, say, first of all, welcome to everyone. For, thanks for being here. My name is Pam Voth. I am the host over here at Sloika, and we have a special guest with us today, um, Emma from Meta Jungle is here. She's known as Nifty Meta Girl out on Twitter. Hi and welcome, Emma. She's probably busy tweeting out the room. <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> but oh, I have just a second. So I'm doing great, doing great. Happy to be here um, and very excited to be um, visiting with our Silica family today. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. And um, my favorite co-host in the world, Sabod Shetty. Hi, welcome. <laughs> Hi, Pam. Nice to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. Yes. And um, I I wanted to just say also uh, welcome to all the listeners that we have in the room. Um, We're going to have just a talk with Emma here for a bit, but uh, we'll definitely be inviting anyone to the stage who would like to uh, ask their own questions. Um, Because as you know, um, Emma spends a lot of time helping us get to know each other and know each other's work, but there's probably a lot behind the scenes that we could discover about her too. So that's the purpose of today's talk. Um, And before we get too far down the line, um, I wanted to let you know also, um, we have a special um, episode coming up on Wednesday. Um, We'll be talking with Tim Salikov, who's the editor of Photography on Blockchain. He has his own Substack newsletter, and he's been doing a really amazing job um, of analyzing and, and kind of giving us a 30,000 foot view of the whole photography on blockchain and NFTs um, sort of industry. So uh, we'll be excited to be talking with him on Wednesday. And that's like a dark room will start at 9 a.m. Pacific, which is where I'm located, and uh, 12 noon for people on the East Coast. And then um, everyone's welcome to that as well. We'd love to see you guys here for that. Um, and I've been hearing Tim's t- talk on several other spaces, and I'm just um, really excited to, to be able to invite him here um, for some of our own questions. So I hope everyone can make it to that and um, that you uh, take a look at his account, give him a follow, subscribe to his newsletter. Um, he does have a lot of really good insights into what's happening with photography, NFT specifically out in Web3. Um, but with all of that being said, I would love to just kick it off. And Emma, since it's Halloween today, um, I was wanting to know, could you tell us what is your favorite Halloween candy? That is a good question. Um, gosh, I I do I do like candy corn a lot actually. Um, but I'm I also am just a big sweets person. So anything chocolate, dark chocolate, peanut butter, anything along those lines is definitely something I'm excited for. <laughs> That's awesome. It's about do you have a favorite Halloween candy? Unfortunately, in my part of the world, we don't even know what Halloween is. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. You're not missing out. <laughs> well, I guess maybe 
uh, maybe some people <laughs> would feel like they're missing out. We have also Meta Jungle um, on the stage as well. Is that Jaden over there? Oh, it sure is. I just, I, hey, Jaden. <laughs> sorry. Uh, hi. <laughs> yeah, I was a little late because I was finishing something up, but I heard you ask what Emma's favorite Halloween candy was. And I was just coming up to say that we do not need to take candy advice from Emma because she likes black licorice. And I don't know how anybody can like that. That is the nastiest candy I have ever ate in my life. Oh, wait, I'm going to have to uh, push back on that because I actually love black licorice. Oh, my goodness. You guys are crazy. (laughs) My husband does, too. And I told him, I said, you're not bringing that into my household. Like, our kids are not even trying that. It's so nasty. Yes, with working with Jaden for quite some time, we have a lot of experiences we've shared over the years, and this was a traumatic experience for Jaden that I don't think she will ever forget. (laughs) I will not. They literally told me how good it was. Uh, Emma and Alpha were like, it's delicious. You need to try it. And the minute it touched my mouth, I was like, this, no, never again. Like, nope, I, you honestly lost my trust. Like, this, this is not good. Oh, no. So that's the saddest part is when there's trust lost. Because here's the thing, there's so many different kinds of black licorice. And maybe you just tried the wrong kind. Because there are, like, when I lived in Montana, there was a, um, when we would drive on the way up to, uh, Glacier National Park. Well, there was this little town called Arlie, and there's a shop there called the Hummingbird Gift Shop or something. And they had 51 varieties of black licorice um, that they imported from all around the world. And you could go in and just get a bag and just like buy it by the pound. And so you could get the one from like Australia, not good. The one from, from like Switzerland, a little bit better. Um, and the ones from like all over the place. So, um, you know, if you if you hit the wrong one, I can totally understand where you would never want to try black licorice again in your life. But um, there are good kinds out there. And maybe maybe just maybe in 10 years or so, you could give it another try. I know the best well, one. That could... Hey, Carrot. Um, Carrot, what is your what's your vote on the black licorice? Black licorice. I I don't like licorice at all. But the one I I would take it and die for it is from Daryl Lee. It's soft Australian licorice. Uh, so one of the best licorice they made it. If you look it up, uh, I can send you the link. But they are the one of the best licorice company ever. Can you say their name again, Carrot? Daryl Lee. I'll I'll send you the the link. Well, okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, Pam, I'll take your vote or I'll uh, take your advice on that because I am willing to give it another try, I guess. But I am just saying the one little piece that I ate tasted like I took a cup of water fresh out of the ocean full of salt and just chug that thing. And I was like, OK, I can't do this, but I'll definitely um, look for other black licorice and give it a go again. OK, well, I think. You know, it I, the salty kind is not my favorite either. And so I don't know who gave you that. <laughs> but Emma, if it was you, <laughs> that's a mean trick. But there, I actually had a, um, we had a, a friend who um, was really curious about all the different flavors of black licorice. And we actually 
held a uh, like licorice tasting party where you know blind tasting and and we try to devote them uh, we had this whole rubric set up you can do it with like wine tasting which is usually more fun licorice tasting but <laughs> it's not good to mix the two for sure but we end up with some that were absolutely gross and some that were like yeah these are really good so it is a it's a broader spectrum even than like the chocolate spectrum i think you know like even bad chocolate's really not that bad but you're right bad licorice is really really bad oh my gosh um sabot have you ever tried licorice i have no idea what you guys are talking about Okay. So then let's carry on. Um okay, so we're going to get through this uh, Halloween chat sooner than later, but um Emma, are you wearing a costume today or if you were, what would be your costume? No, I am not wearing a costume today. I kind of figured out that I did over the weekend. It's the first time I changed my PFP. Um, and it was for a friend of mine, Marlene, who is doing a PFP drop. And, and so I changed my, um, my PFP to one that she, of a one of one that she had created and I had collected from her first collection. So I thought that was funny when we did the um, Silica um, announcement. It was the first time I think I've ever been shown without this PFP. And I thought, oh, that's really funny for Halloween I have I have a costume on but nope I'm just me <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that's cool yeah I, I did notice it was a new one and I checked it out and I was like okay well we'll just go ahead and use this one because you never know how often someone's going to change their PFP right Sabon? Uh, <laughs> you're putting me in a spot today I'm getting into all the questions which I don't know answer answers off but I want to ask Emma no? she went from a circular PFP to hexagon in a second how does that happen well I have been a hexagon for a while though but I because it was with my Twitter blue um, so it's to show that it is um, so I subscribe to Twitter blue and one of those advantages is the hexagon so you can um, be able to connect your um, your NFTs yeah, but when you came into this space, I saw you had a circular one. Now suddenly it's a hexagon, so I got confused. It's meant I to be the same no all the idea. time. Yeah. yeah, I have uh, no idea. <laughs> well, even let's keep... Meta, even through the previous MetaGendle space, when you were there, it was circular for me. I don't know why Twitter Blue does that. That is so crazy. I had no idea. Yeah, it looked... It, 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 I didn't notice it being a different shape, but I may not have even paid attention. But no, I had no idea. That's crazy. So oh, that Twitter. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kirit. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Uh, if you're wondering what your liquor is, you bought by, I've pinned it up. Take a look. Awesome. Awesome. Do you think that that's the kind that Jaden would like? Uh, that's the one of the best. Okay. All right. So now we know, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll look at that at the top. Um, <laughs> and we'll maybe we'll send some to Sabot too so he can check out what licorice is maybe you guys should let me try it first and I'll give you whether it's a thumbs up or thumbs down because Jaden I really don't want you to be misled again <laughs> that, was, that was a mean trick <laughs> yeah salty licorice okay <laughs> but Sabot I saw you with the different PFP recently too over this Halloween weekend yeah that was just for fun you know like uh, Nick who was in our space last week I, you know, he asked us to, you know, the community to post some selfies, which is digitally manipulated. And I said, okay, here is my selfie. I posted my PFP and then he made another one for me where this PFP of mine, which is looking sideways, was looking straight forward into the, into the Twitter arena. So yeah, he made a funny one. So I just changed it for that reason, just for fun. I saw that go by and I was, I was laughing to myself on Saturday when I saw that really funny. Um, Cause I was like, wait, they've got, how did he get a 3d one where you can turn it sideways? 
Oh, boy. Really funny. Well, uh, okay, so that brings me to my next question. Um, and this is a question for both Sabod and Emma. Um, I was curious how you guys met. Because, Sabod, I feel like you've been around forever. And also, Emma has been around forever. But do you guys remember the first time you met? And um, does anyone want to tell that story? I was trying to think back. I know it had to do with, I'm trying to remember if it was a Twitter space or if it was the artist feedback AMA that we would have come in contact with um, each other first. I remember, um, I remember Sabod being in the artist feedback AMA session in Meta Jungle Discord and us talking about his portrait collection, which was his very first collection that he released. Um, and I actually collected the last piece from that collection. Um, and so that's, we definitely um, hit it off really well from the beginning. And I know I've joined so many spaces of his from the beginning and he would be more, you know, more and more, more and more involved in meta jungle spaces. And it's just now it's like, that's just one in the same for sure. Um, so I think early on, I remember when he lost his Twitter um, and had to create a new one. And so, um, and that's when we started following each other was with the, the new account. Um, and, you know, also, of course, spending so much time in spaces and enjoying, you know, the different spaces and conversations happening. But it would probably have been pretty soon after, um, after Sabod came into the space. Yeah, I mean, I kind of remember because it was the bull market uh, and it was, I think, somewhere in February when I saw Meta Jungle Space and I jumped in, there was Alpha, there was Mike, there was Emma and everyone was there. And it was going on and I was sitting in the request panel <laughs> requesting to speak. I was so new, you know, I was literally like two weeks old maybe. And I was waiting to speak and during those days I would not just go up, I would listen to the room and note down things on a paper so that when I go up I can just kind of recollect what I want to say because I was nervous. And there's Alpha and Emma, and I don't know anyone at that point. So I wanted to make a good impression not to mess up everything. So I was writing down everything, and it was two pages long, literally two pages. I still have that image in my phone. And then I didn't get a chance to go up and speak. So the space got over. Then I remember I sent a message to, I think, to the Meta Jingle, who was hosting. I think it was Jaden. I'm not so sure. So I sent a message that, here is my two pages, which I wanted to tell you guys about, but not a problem. Next time I'll come up and talk about it, you know, something like that. So that was my first interaction as far as I remember. And then, of course, there was AMA and I still remember that night. It was like three o'clock at night for me when the AMA was going on and I was supposed to be reviewed by Mike. And I think it was Dan on that day. And there was Alpha also in the room uh, hanging around. So I didn't know all that. I didn't even know how to use uh, Discord. But I was just there and my collection was supposed to be reviewed and it was reviewed. And like we say now, you know, we look into descriptions and everything. So same thing happened there. And I had some issues with my description. That's when Emma came in in the Discord and said, you have some, you know, incomplete description. If you put your artist name and license, Alpha will pick a piece right away. And I literally jumped off my bed, ran to the computer and did all the corrections. And right there in the Discord, that it's all done over to Alpha now. So right away, Alpha collected that. I remember those that night as well. And thanks so much for collecting the final piece of that collection, which is such a beautiful image. I was surprised that that image was not selling. You know, like everything sold in the collection, that image didn't. I was like thoroughly surprised and that's when Emma came in and picked it up and the collection got sold out. So yeah, it's been a great journey. 
I was so surprised too. And she was just waiting for me because yeah, th- so things were moving so quickly at that time. And I thought I couldn't believe I was somehow I ended up seeing that tweet that day that, that it all happened and thought, Oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, that this is the last one. And she's just so beautiful. So I'm really, really happy that, um, that that worked out the way that it did. And yes, I remember that, that interaction with, you know, and, and, and Alpha had said, you know, I really like this work and, and he is, you know, he often does reach out and say, you know, would you please add these things into the description just so it's there for the long term. Um, and so, yeah, really, really happy that it worked out that way. And yeah, we've, we just hit it off from that point forward and have definitely spent a lot of time on our journey together, but, um, I always enjoy it very much. That is such an awesome image. I, I looked it up, um, prior to us, uh, joining the space here today and um it, that's the shot called gulab right it's the little girl with like the wearing pink and her nickname means rose i think it is is that the one yep that's, that's so exactly yes, yes. right so so amazing so beautiful so bo does a really beautiful job with um portraits and with wildlife and with astrophotography and all kinds of things so um i think that's a real treasure to uh, to have in your wallet there um so um so it sounds like you guys have known each other for quite a while. Um, and Emma, I have to say, um, I've, I've watched a few of your um, your YouTube podcasts, and you have the coolest studio. How'd you get such a cool studio? You and Jaden in there are just awesome. It's really fun to uh, to watch those uh, videos. Well, we actually, um, we have a full studio um, at our office. And so we have a green screen, but we built, we picked out that studio background and built it out. And it has some of our current PFP, more, more so for our early ones, we're more so PFP with some photography mixed in. And we actually just did a re an update in the screens and stuff. So, but it took a, quite a while to find a setting that we really, really liked, but it works out great to be able to display the particular pieces that we're talking about kind of on the main screen there and be able to, to highlight those. So thank you very much. It's been, um, that's been a really fun part of the process is um, getting more comfortable on camera and being able to create those. And Jaden helps out so, so much in the background with making sure all this stuff is happening and she's an awesome co-host as well. So um, it's been great to be able to kind of come into that part of, um, of the content creation side, but being able to highlight um, artists and being able to really push forward. Because when you come into the space, it can be hard to know, you know, who's the, you know, overwhelming with all, with as many people that are here. So being able to really talk about some of the pieces and some of the artists and highlight them and talk about the journey and the experience has been really, really fun. And Jaden, how do you feel about uh, being co-host? And welcome back, by the way, um, from, from Eternity Live. I know you've been back for a couple weeks already, but really, really missed you and glad you're back. Well, any day spent with M is a good day in my book. Um, but thank you. Well, before I go in, thank you, Pam. It has been really great. It was, I definitely enjoyed the baby snuggles, but I was ready to um, get back. But no, I enjoyed it. It's something I've always really, really um, appreciated about Emma and uh alpha is i've uh i know emma's mentioned this in the past but i've worked with them um for quite a while now and it was so funny because um i went to college and in my mind i was like you know i'm gonna go to law school i'm gonna see and 
Um, but I ended up getting two different degrees. And I have a degree in public administration and business management. And then I have a degree in political science. And I came back and I'm like, yeah, you guys know, like, I have a degree if you need like a job, like if you want to hire me, like, you know, and they're like, okay. And um, <laughs> they, it was so funny because I came in, like, and I'm like, okay, I have all this knowledge. And they were like, so how do you feel about like videos and podcasts and stuff? So uh, I'm like, well, let's do it. I like to talk to people and um, I enjoy spending time with Emma. So it, it, it's been fun. That's one of the great things that um, I love about this is the space is basically Emma and Alpha's life anyway. It's constantly changing. You never know what you're getting into. And it makes it so fun and so exciting. And um, so that's something I always love. Like I come in and I don't ever know what is on the schedule for today, but it's something I know I'm always going to enjoy. So um, it's I really appreciate it. And I'm honestly very, very honored that they have allowed me to um, take part in this with them. So. Well, you're really great. Um, you're a really great co-host, <laughs> and also a really great co- um, host of the Art Share um, Monday Spaces as well. I know um, so many people um, come into your Twitter Spaces, and they might be sharing their art for the very first time. And um, you guys both just, um, you know, when whenever um, Emma was kind of filling in for you, Jaden, um, you you guys just really make people feel very comfortable and at home. Uh, for sharing their work. And so um, I, I'm sure that the community loves that um, and the, the gift that you guys have. Um, and um, Emma, I was wondering, um, besides, of course, the Meta Jungle podcast and possibly maybe the Soika Darkroom podcast, are there any other podcasts that you love listening to, um, either for entertainment or for learning? Because I feel like sometimes my brain is like, I really need to learn some more stuff. Let's cram it in with a podcast. And other times I'm like, I just need to check out and I'm going to have fun. But do you have any podcast recommendations for us? That is a good question. And that's actually an interesting fact is I actually really probably got prompted into actually the first NFT project that I collected. And one of the big reasons I jumped off into NFTs was because of a podcast. Um, and so I listened to Dax Shepard's podcast, which is um, Armchair Expert a lot. Um, I've listened to hundreds of hours of his episodes, um, but he had one with Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, and they were talking about um, stoner cats because Mila Kunis is actually one of the founding members of that of that particular um, project. And so as I was learning more about NFTs, really the thing that made me so excited about that was her talking about creatives, being able to build a community that were also excited about the project and being able to have freedom as a creative to create what you want, to not have to go through the traditional ways of figuring out, you know, going to people to fund it or to, you know, authorize it to be seen you know it just broke down all of these barriers and being able to really reach your community your people and be able to help them be involved with the process along the way I just absolutely loved the concept and what they were doing there and just really like I was like 
that is what I am all about. And so that was the first NFT project that I bought into, but that was really the reason behind it was that access, you know, that, that creative freedom. I just absolutely love. So I listen to that podcast a lot. Um, and I do enjoy podcasts a lot. I listen to one that to kind of get a gauge on the market. There's a couple I listen to. Um, one is they do a show every morning, but it's the morning, the morning show, the morning alpha show. So I listen to that one a lot. That just kind of lets me also understand about from the PFP side and just kind of some trends happening. Um, I like to listen to Coinbase, um, P- their podcasts, because that also kind of keeps up and, and really stimulates that side of understanding from the investment side with crypto and the things that are going on. Um, but those are probably my top ones at this point in time. Cool, cool. That's really good. Um, it's always, it's, I always find that interesting to see, you know, what, um, who, who likes to, uh, to listen to what. And um, it sounds like these are all pretty much, well, I mean, Dax's armchair expert, of course, could be a little more entertaining rather than just like, you know, like all the finance and business side and the things we need to have is like in our toolbox for like understanding what's happening out there. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. Jaden, do you have any uh, podcasts that you love listening to? Do you have time for podcasts? It's actually really funny because me and M are complete opposites. She listens for knowledge and I listen for entertainment and I guess kind of knowledge in case my husband actually ever really makes me mad. But um, I am obsessed with Anatomy of Murder because um, I wanted to be a lawyer and I love this podcast. It's about obviously murder and uh, but it's um, a attorney like an ex-attorney and an attack in a ex uh, detective and they're the heads of the space so it's really cool because they give you um side all sides of you they give it to you from um why police might act the way that they act but then they also give it to you from like why this could be good in court or why um so i it's something i that's the one i really enjoy and i listen to it often whenever i'm editing and stuff so um that's basically whenever i listen to them but yeah we're total opposites i listen for entertainment and she listens for information and so bode when you're not talking on spaces which is maybe a couple hours out of the day do you ever listen to podcasts <laughs> yes i do yes i do and I, th- I think it's not too hard to guess because i love astro so neil degrasse tyson you know his star talk is my most favorite thing to listen i sleep uh, every single night with that running in the background and it keeps playing till morning i just sleep with that running so that's how much i enjoy that knowledge and bill burr you know he's a comedian uh, i love his viewpoints you know it's funny so bill burr is something which i always listen to and finally one more which may be not like by everyone but i like joe rogan's uh, podcast you know, i enjoy his perspective and all the elon musk and all the interview that that he does it's so cool i enjoy this three that's great. Over to you, Jaden. I was just going to say, I always just figure whenever Sabod wasn't in spaces, he was just having a two-way conversation with Angie. Yeah, I mean, you know, Angie is very funny because if I speak, her tail will wag. You know, she has this habit of wagging her tail when I speak to her. But when the podcast is on, she knows it's not my voice. She doesn't react to the podcast. So if I speak a word, her tail will start wagging, you know, moving around. So it's funny to watch her do that. That's really funny. D- does Angie have any favorite podcasts? I think I am her favorite podcast. <laughs> yeah, probably, right? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, okay, well, um, 
Emma, I, so I, I understand that you were an entrepreneur even before you got in this like wild west of crypto and NFTs. Um, can you tell us kind of like a little bit? I know that the Stoner Cats was the first project that you, you bought into. Um, and I remember reading about that project back. Um, I would have to say it was like November last year, maybe October, November last year. I remember reading about it as I'm a filmmaker myself in my in my previous life. And there was always a challenge, right, about how to raise money for a project and and stoner cats came up on my radar as well um just in being in that world um but not not as like i didn't learn about it from the crypto side of thing it was just here's creative ways to you know fund a film project and so um i think it's so interesting you came to it um you know through dax's podcast but um so what 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 fuels you as an entrepreneur like what why are why were you an entrepreneur um prior to entering into this space where you also have to kind of be an entrepreneur at every second right <laughs> i think i think it's kind of twofold but one is i love the creativity um and so you know both of my parents were very um were small business owners with me in my teenage years and i could see i learned what it was to own your own business and to you know have all of that weight on you as far as you are the the end all you know you're the one responsible in creating and and i had told them early on, I said, I'm never going to do this. Like I will never own my own business. And so when I first went into my career after finishing college, I actually worked for um, the local municipality. I worked for them for like 14, 15 years. And because I started really young with working with them and it always had a leadership role with within my, you know, within whatever was available to me. And so then jumping off into being an entrepreneur, it really opened my eyes to that ability to be able to create um, and also give people opportunities to be able to see them grow and reach potentials that they didn't know and kind of build a a skill base that they you could see within them but they didn't really know they had and also being able to create an experience for people that you know they didn't really know that they could have before as well so all the way through my career my working time has been um, there's been an experience element to it creating like an emotion a connection, an opportunity for people. And that's something I just am really passionate about. I enjoy that side of it. So in my entrepreneurship world, it's always been about um, amusement. And even before that, it was in recreation. And so again, it was creating this this experience. And even at the beginning of working with the municipality, I had the opportunity right out of college to have a $5.3 million building and facility that was released to me to figure out how to open open it as a community center and be able to implement programs. So I've always had this chance to be able to build things and create and to be able to think outside of the box. And this space really fits in that aspect as well, being able to be out of the box, to have really, really crazy cool opportunities to be able to, you know, not feel like this is just how we do it, but that we're actually creating things and establishing an opportunity for people to be able to do things that they've never been able to do before. And, you know, being able to create that amazing experience um, and share different experiences as well. So I really feel like that's part of what has been in my past. It's helped me really embrace this new world and this new space and so excited for all of the ways in which I believe blockchain technology and NFTs are going to change the world in our future as well. Wow, that's so fascinating that you've like, 
I, I called you a superstar community builder in our post about this space, but you really are a superstar community builder. You've been doing this for so long. Um, just taking a step back, can you tell us like one of the wildest, most unique things you you um, you helped happen at um, at the community center that you were in charge of? Like, what kind of crazy thing did you guys do there? Well, I would say probably is just even it to exist. So when I was in high school, I was one of two high school students that actually got the opportunity to be on this leadership committee that our community was doing. Um, Our mayor had recruited me as one of the two high school students. And so I got the opportunity to serve on this committee with bank presidents and different people within the community that were, you know, business people that, you know, were, were definitely in good standing, but a great opportunity for, you know, a 16-year-old to be able to be involved in. And through this process, we had to come up with a project that we were going to use as just a, a tool as to, to work through our different um, exercises that we were doing in this leadership uh, program. And through it, we decided on a community center. So we went through the aspects of being able to go out into the community and, you know, create uh, bring in information, decide what we would actually be doing, how to fund it, how to actually make this happen. And through that process, we by the time we were finished, the mayor was reviewed what we had been working on. And he's like, well, why don't we make this happen? And so um, from the time when I went to, when I went to college, we actually had passed a half cent sales tax to um, create this space for our community. And, you know, I came from a, this was a small community of about 5,000 people, but we built this Center. And by the time I, vin- I finished college, it was actually there and established indoor pool, you know, gymnasium, walk, you know, exercise areas, banquet halls, all kinds of facilities. So really beautiful and impressive for our community. And it actually serves 25,000 people. Um, and we did it in a way in which it was very, very economic for families to be able to join and participate. And so then also came in and built out all kinds of facilities um, and to and programs to be able to facilitate the community, but always doing it in a way in which the broader community could participate. So we built out, you know, water education programs, which is a huge part of my background, but also ballet lessons and Spanish classes for seniors and, you know, all of these other opportunities, karate classes and all these ways that our community could actually thrive. And so, you know, I've gone back for our 20 year anniversary this past summer, and it's just amazing to see all the lives that it's impacted over the two decades and how it's really changed our community. Um, so that even it's, it existing was something that was just amazing. And through that process, we also pulled in all of our sports programs and be able to, you know, cultivate just a thriving recreation community. Um, so that's even it existing is probably the most crazy part of the whole thing. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations for, for spirit, being part of the spearheading committee that that brought that into being. It sounds like it's really, really important for the people who live there. Um, that's such a cool story. I love that. Um, okay, so you, you're in the you you've built sort of a webby community center here with Meta Jungle. <laughs> um, I was curious if you could um, tell us about how Meta Jungle started and how you got involved. Um, if you know, like as much of that story as as you can tell us, and it, and when did it happen? I kind of feel like I maybe it was like last October, November, or something. But maybe it's been around longer than that. But that's just kind of when I remember learning about that this was happening. But tell us tell us how it all started. 
Yeah, definitely. And it, I guess we probably need to check and see what the dates are on when we opened our open like the, the Discord community and our and our Twitter page because we are about a year as far as actually being branded as Meta Jungle. Um, but we um, Alpha and I, Alpha Trilogy and I, came into the space at about the same time, and we've been business partners for a long time. So um, talking about you know investing in crypto and talking about crypto for um, some time before coming into the NFT space. And, and Alpha has a lot um, longer experience with crypto, but um, learning along the way about that. But, um, you know, kind of both came into and started collecting at similar times and starting to learn about the NFT communities. And, you know, one of the things that we were seeing was there wasn't, it very much does, is, you know, is the wild, wild, wild west. There's not a lot of standards. There's not a lot of even community outside of at that time when we were coming in outside of like a PFP project. So, you know, to be involved with a community or a project, you kind of come into, you know, you find them on Twitter, you learn about what they're doing, you come into their Discord community. And it's all, every, all your interaction that you have with the people in the community or within, you know, that Discord or within that group. And there, we were starting to learn that that could be, you know, a, some manipulation there, some lack of trust, some things that were happening, you know, and that was the kind of the negative side. So really excited about all the positive sides and the opportunities. But, you know, the fact that things could be manipulated so easily that if a group didn't like, you know, questions you were asking or things that, you know, were coming up that they could just exclude you from that group. And so there was just several different things that we were seeing that were like, you know, we need to have a space where people can come in and become a part of a community without there being, um, you know, fees associated, charges being associated, but come into a space, which is a safe space that is providing information to help people learn about NFTs, to be able to learn about even the different sides, you know, the different communities that are out there and just kind of a landing, you know, a landing page, a community f built on people that were enthusiastic about NFTs in general. They didn't have to be that you were a part of a certain project or that you were doing a certain, you know, you were here for a certain reason, but a way to start learning and also just to start building that trust as well. A trusted space where you've got people that are like-minded to be able to ask questions and if they are involved in a community, um, multiple people could come in to, you know, the Meta Jungle community and be able to talk openly about projects that they were involved in or things that they were wanting to create and build and be able to, you know, have just that safe space to do so where it wasn't being changed or manipulated by those that might be in charge of the particular project, um, but also a way in which we could build a platform and an area for people to start learning about um NFTs in a safe space. So there wasn't bias. It wasn't, we weren't trying to influence people to be in a, you know, to be headed in a certain direction. And that was really the basis for the community of Meta Jungle. Um, and along the way, you know, we've been using different ways of content creation to be able to help, you know, people learn about just those foundations that help us build trust, you know. And we, I think just with our love of photography, we've really, we've really grown and built a lot of connections in the photography community and so we weren't I wouldn't say that with Meta Jungle that was necessarily our goal initially but that was really just out of love for for photography and then starting to meet photographers and really that seemed to be our community that we really clicked with so we have been very active within the photography community um, and really you know helping to 
learn about some of the foundational pieces, um, but also for Meta Jungle on a larger scale, we have been building, working in the background with a whole team of programmers and developers to be able to create these tools that hopefully we'll be releasing soon to the to the community that help us actually understand and bring in another level of trust into the NFT space because we know that that's one of those things that being able to have data to be able to have things that we can actually like rely upon as factual information can be so hard um, in the space and so you know through our relationships been learning about things that would really help the space be able to be better understood, to be better trusted, and be able to help build those tools and make those available. So that is on the whole other side of what we do, something that we've been working on for the last year. Um, but we we really, we believe in the space so much and we wanna see people succeed in the space and we wanna see more people come into the space. Um, so that's really where our efforts have been focused and what we've been striving to create, um, both on for the community to be a safe space, but also working on tools too that can help people um, understand the space better and come in and have a more of a trusted experience as well. That is just such an admirable goal and um, effort. <laughs> and I have to say that um, just from from my whole my own experience with everything that Meta Jungle is doing, it's you're doing just exactly that. I mean, you're you're creating such a um, such a warm community for people to come in, you know, at the very, very, you know, at the very early steps into this whole Web3 um, NFT space. And, um, you know, people, I, I, I feel p- perfectly confident recommending that they go stop over at Meta Jungle. It's one of their first stops here in Web3. Um, it sounds like this, this, like, wanting to educate and wanting to create an experience for people has been just part of your wiring from early on what a great blend <laughs> that is something that i've i've kind of looked back at different every every step of the way and that is a common thread for me is um you know wanting people to be able to be successful in what they're doing um and in, with the nft space it's to being able to take you know their passion and their strengths and being able to figure out ways in which to fully utilize um and take advantage of this chance this opportunity and to be able to build something sustainable for themselves. Um, It's just such an exciting thing. And um, I think part of that probably has to do with the fact that I do have, you know, a lot of connections with artists growing up and creatives growing up and can see some of the things, some of the hurdles that they've had to deal with and overcome. So being able to, you know, that's one of the reasons too with NFTs, it solves some of those issues and those problems and also creates this audience and this community that are are really excited about it as well. So it's, it's really an amazing time to be here to be able to see those you know groups connect and to see the opportunity that's available and and of course there's you know there are there's still challenges and hurdles but being able to kind of bring those to the forefront have some conversations be able to talk about how we can get past those and and I know too everybody's dealing with things that can be challenging so also kind of being like that safe space and that positive space um, to be able to come and have like-minded folks people working on the, you know in the same direction with the same interest it can sometimes just be nice too to have you know a community that you can um that you know is going to be uplifting and is going to be moving in a similar direction and and have similar goals there as well yes exactly um i was i was wanting to know can you remember or can you share a story of like one of the greatest successes that you've seen happen to someone in meta jungle maybe like um you might remember like well okay well we could say it's (laughs) sabote 
you remember when he first got here? Now look at him. Um, Sabod wants to maybe jump in and answer that question. But that'll give that'll give Emma a chance to think a minute about if she knows of another sort of success story. And you don't have to name names, but just like a situation where it's like you saw them come in as a complete newbie and now look at what they're doing. Um, Sabod, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Pam, I was actually just running through the Twitter profile of uh, Emma as a spinning her work on top and also of Meta Jungle. So I realized Emma came to Twitter on 15th of September last year and Meta Jungle was 11th of November uh, of uh, 2021. So I don't know when Meta Jungle started, but it is these two kind of gives a overall a figure as to when it all may have started. So maybe I missed three, four months of Meta Jungle. Otherwise, I've been part of the whole journey. And thank you for pulling up those dates because yes, that sounds that definitely sounds very accurate. Um, and you know, at first there was we kind of the, when when we created the Meta Jungle Twitter is probably a really good indication of when the Discord community would have started as well. And we've kind of and the YouTube channel and we've started kind of building on that um, from that point forward. Um, and and yes, I would say in response to to um, your question, Pam um, Sabod would be a great example um and and also i would say you know we work with mike schmidt a lot he's another person that you know has done really well with coming in and being very community focused i think really understanding the ethos of of web3 and and really sharing to you know how we see that you come in and you you know show support for the community and you start building that trust with the community building those connections and you know part of two of what i love about this is it's not about it's not one direction you know it's not just people taking from um, the community and from the process but it's also that opportunity that you're giving and you're receiving you know and, and putting out good energy and you know in the real world karma doesn't really you know we talk about it but it doesn't you don't really see it happening but I just love that in this space it just definitely seems that the people involved there is this understanding that as you're giving you're going to be getting back and that's not really the reason to do it but it's wonderful to see that you know by investing then you're receiving things out of that and it's rewarding to see those connections building those communities building and seeing people find their voice and i think for me that's probably the most exciting part and rewarding part with meta jungle is being able to give people that confidence to be able to kind of not that everybody has to have their own path by any means but really the goal is to like find some understanding and like to get your footing to find that foundation and you know we really do talk about some of those common practices that really help an artist elevate you know we have so many artists coming in that their work is beautiful absolutely just so amazing and so that that isn't something that you know they need help on you know we do talk about curation and the artist feedback amas but it's really like being able to step into this this web3 space and be able to just take some steps and adopt some common practices that yes let collectors gain some some confidence in the information, the actual text that's being included, but it also for the artist helps them elevate and be able to have their work and in, in, in presented in a way in which it's going to forever be recognized and it's going to forever be appreciated because what we're doing here is long term. And, you know, just being able to kind of maybe bring in some of that, that um, understanding of like, well, where do you want to be? And, you know, asking some questions and having just those, those trusted people that you can get honest feedback from and being
being able to say, you know, these are some things that really will help you gain that footing. And here's some, you know, opportunities and, and also to kind of take away some of the, the stress and the FOMO of like, I'm missing out and trends that we see happening, you know, to be able to say, you know, you're doing a great job. And like, what do you where do you want to be in the future and, and have those chances to come together and listen to other people share some of their stories and, you know, ask questions about, you know, where they're headed in their journey, but also be able to really think about for that particular artist, what are their plans? What are their goals? Where do they want to be? Because it's not one size fits all. But just for me to have to see people come in to, into the space and be able to start getting a, a confidence and an understanding and to say, okay, well, now I feel like I know which direction I want to go and to see them kind of blossom into that is really, really exciting for me. And it's like one of the the most rewarding things that I can, that I can think of because to, you know, selling out a collection or selling out an edition, having that kind of reception is great, but it's also, it's so much bigger than that because of what we're building is much more long-term than that. So seeing them know how they want to move in the space or just ways in which that they're excited about it and, and being able to say, this is the direction that's right for me. Um, and having tools too, where they feel like, okay, now I know like things may change over time, but these things are going to be consistent. I just think that's just so amazing. Well, it, it is amazing. And it's, it's such a, um, it's such a, uh, like you said, karma. <laughs> karma is so big in this space. I think um, I, I've just ever since I first started um, listening to Twitter Spaces. Of course, we all, maybe all of us, a lot of us, started off listening to uh, Clubhouse Spaces, um, trying to understand what is this thing that they're talking about. But to come over here into Twitter and to get into some of those spaces, like the ones um, that Meta Jungle does, and a lot of other um, members of the community, I've heard in other spaces as well. It just being so uh, good and generous and um, like open with the information that they're sharing and, you know, really demonstrating that in a way um, where it's like this, if this is what we want Web3 to be, this is the way we behave in Web3. You know, like you just, you kind of um, show up and you're you're um, trying to be helpful, trying to give as good advice as you can, um, try to be as helpful as you can and um, and be concerned about each other. And I've, I've just seen that happen um, throughout so much of, of Web3. And, you know, everyone at Meta Jungle is just really demonstrating that in real life um, on a day-to-day basis. And it's, it's, so, uh, it's so refreshing to see. Um, so thank you for, for doing all that. Um, I was going to ask you a totally opposite question, but do you ever have a bad day? Like, do you ever have, uh, like, something just go terribly wrong in all of this? Um, let's see. I think that luckily those are few and far between. Um, I think like with everybody, you know, those, there's those days where, um, you know, you might be disappointed or upset about things. And, um, I think too, just in my day to day, I kind of have like a plan of way, the way my day, you know, I see my day happening, but I always know that like by the end of the day, it's probably going to be something totally different. Um, and I've come to just really appreciate that over time. And so, um, but as far as like dealing with you know i think i think there's there's definitely been times that there's been you know some negativity maybe in the space or things that you know that's probably the hardest part for me um because that's i just i just don't i don't think there's a lot of room for that and so those that's probably the hardest part so sometimes you know taking a little bit of a break from you know scrolling twitter and seeing everything that's happening right there or also you know you kind of know you know your people that you're trying that you can kind 
we've talked to and um, be able to kind of get through that, but also just not paying a lot of attention, um, being really mindful of the information and that I take in is important to me. So not giving way to those negative ideas or, you know, that sentiment and just kind of, you know, moving forward and not letting that really get to you is probably the, the best, the best thing that I have found that I can do. That's really awesome. That's really good advice. Um, and we, you know, we've seen, um, I, I, I mean, I've seen it in like some DM chats and stuff where if someone's having a little, like a bad day or a rough streak or something like that, people do really reach out. And um, I think a lot of us have, um, have done that for each other. And it, that I just, I love seeing that in the space. Like, like I was saying earlier, you're kind of like creating what you want to see Web3 turn into. So, you know, one way to do that is like be out there and, and, and doing that in a, in a, like public obvious way and um, I was gonna see if you could put yourself back in in sort of your view of the space about one year ago or one year and a few months of um if, like what did you where did you think we were headed and has it changed has anything turned out differently than what you thought it would um back in those like early early days I think the longer I'm I'm involved, the earlier I think that we are. So I think that would probably be the biggest thing um, is coming in. You know, there was this like urgency and this idea that things were happening so fast. And, you know, we saw a lot with the bull market. You know, everything was so elevated at that time. You know, coming into the fall of last year, there was projects releasing all the time. Things were just moving at such a fast pace. And even through the winter months and, you know, then we came to summertime and things have slowed down a lot. So even seeing the dynamics change as the market has slowed down and, you know, knowing kind of what it is to to have that transition. Um, but I think that's probably my biggest thing that I've learned and I've been the, the most surprised about is like, you know, we we kind of wonder, you know, how early are we? And I think, I think we are so early. So I think there's so much that we're going to see develop in the future. And I'm so excited about that. But that would be my probably my most number one surprise from last year to now is like, hey, things are, you know, we are way, way, way early. That's so true. And I remember last year, everyone was saying like, we're really, really, really early. <laughs> and now I'm still hearing that. But I, I think it's it's the innovators out there that are just like um, starting to realize how, how, how far we could take this, you know. And some of those innovators are artists and some of them are developers and some of them are um, collectors who may want to see something new or different in the space and um, and you know are pushing to have all of that happen but um, yeah personally I'm I'm super super happy about uh, you know I love I love new things <laughs> I always like going, what's around the next corner what's around the next corner um, so um, I want I, are you doing okay on time by the way I know we've been talking for an hour and I, I don't want to overstay our welcome but I have a couple more questions and we might have some questions from the audience as well and I would just with that being said if anyone would like to come up and ask Emma a question sometimes she's asking you guys questions uh, you're welcome to join us on stage um, but and I'm, I'm good on time okay okay great that's good well we won't keep you too long <laughs> not, not another like six hour space or anything although we have Sabota board so we have to be careful <laughs> Um, anyway, he'll, Angie will keep him up. Um, I know it's getting late where he is too, uh, or getting, no, he says prime time. It's getting to be prime time. Right. Um, so I, I know that, um, 
that as women in this space, you know, we are often asked like, oh, well, like, how do you see women's participation in the space? And how do you see like, what should, um, what should we be seeing in this space? Or what could we be seeing in this space? But I'd love to just invite you to kind of um, think on that for a bit. I know um, that you've, you've uh, supported and been involved in some women led projects. And um, I would just love to hear like your thoughts on, on how it's going so far for women in the space um maybe you you personally if you want to share that or if you want to share about um you know women-led projects like in general like how how are those going and what what should we be seeing in that in that realm I think that's a great question. And, you know, I think it's interesting in the space. We do have a lot of emphasis. And I would say, if anything, from my personal experience, I think that the community has been very welcoming. Um, and but that's also something that in my day to day, you know, with what I've what I've done both, you know, in my career, it's always been something that I'm aware of. But I think that it's, especially in the NFT space, something that it gets mentioned and talked about more so than it does day to day. Um, so I think just generally my way of kind of getting over that is I obviously recognize that I'm a woman, but I don't really think about, you know, what I should or shouldn't have based on that. Um, it's just, I guess I, it's more about, you know, a confidence and bringing in, you know, the opportunity to have people contribute because they have ideas that they want to share and it's you know something of value to contribute that's more of what is important to me so i appreciate the opportunity very much as a woman to be included and to not be excluded because of that and i love that the space is it's very inclusive there is that focus on being inclusive and i extend that really for so many people for meta jungle it's so important for us to be an inclusive community we kind of we appreciate the opportunity to be able to include people from all over the world all over you know all different interests, men, women, whatever that may be. Um, but I think it is too wonderful to elevate when, you know, that opportunity because there may be people that that isn't necessarily their viewpoint, but we always try to create again, that safe space for people to be able to succeed. And, you know, I think too, this is a space that it could also afford opportunities for women that, you know, they may be at a time in their life where there are some things that it might be more challenging for them to be able to be, you know, out of the traditional workforce, you know, for, you know, Jaden might be an example of, you know, a young mother, it may be hard for them to, you know, have a family and be able to pursue some of their, their goals that they may have. But this is a really cool space, because there's some flexibility to it to be able to do that. Um, so I think really, my message for for females in the space for women in the space is, is to not be afraid, you know, to come into it with an open mind, because you know, it is it is something that there's so many people that are warm and receiving so to come in and just give it a chance and to give you know to, to kind of be to be brave in that aspect of, of going ahead and, and being involved and not not necessarily having the ideal that though that that might be a hurdle but just to find the people that are going to be receptive and to start becoming more open in the space and being able to be more active and and also you know a big part of deciding whether you're in the right space I think is deciding how you feel after you've been in a Twitter space with the group or after you've inter interacted with the group and you'll know that so if you feel if you don't feel good like if you finish a space or being in a space with people and you're like I don't this is not the positive this is not 
you know, something that feels good. You don't have to be there. There's going to be other places you can be that are going to be supportive and uplifting. Find those people and spend your time there and work on growing within that that ecosystem. Um, and that's really true for everybody that is creating is, you know, don't spend your time in places that you don't feel good. Find those places and those people that you connect with that are uplifting and are moving in the same direction that you want to be. And then, you know, give yourself the chance to become more active with those groups to find ways in which you can grow in that community and, and kind of step out of your box too. Um, but that's kind of, and I do think that there is that great, wonderful support for women in the space, but I think it can be for so many more as well. Yeah, I think that's such good advice. You know, I think that that's kind of just good advice for life too. Like if, if you're finding yourself in amongst people where you're like, whoa, this isn't the crowd <laughs> that I want to be running with or that, you know, I feel good about what their, um, their you know, policies are or their, uh, I don't know, ha- you know, habits or whatever, you could, you could just feel like, you know, I'm going to choose something different and there's so much to choose from. Um, go ahead, Sabot. Thanks, Pam. You know, I just wanted to, uh, first of all, uh, you know, like, uh, or, how do you say, uh, I wanted to appreciate the way Emma processes her words and thoughts so fast, you know, like it's a CPU of 16 GB or 32 GB kind of a situation. Mine runs at 4 GB sometimes. So really, I always wonder how she comes up with so many words in such a beautiful formation. So first of all, I want to appreciate that. And secondly, you know, I think most of us forget, you know, because uh, Emma is all always around and she's hosting these long spaces uh, for Meta Jungle. She's always involved in the community. And, you know, most of the people tend to forget that she's also an amazing collector, which is what I was pinning up on top. You know, if you run through that whole thread, you'll see she has some of the best works uh, around and some of the OG projects, as well as some of the emerging artists and some newcomers. She's there for everyone. So I think that's sometimes overlooked because we don't, you know, we usually don't get to talk to collectors so much as much as we speak to Emma and she's so down to earth and she doesn't make us feel that she's a collector. So I just wanted to ask Emma, like, what's your thought process when you're collecting? Like, what do you look for and what makes you uh, go for that buy button. Well, thank you for that, Sabod. And, and I think that that's too. We've had some conversations that I hope that we kind of see in the space develop a little bit more is that definition of what a collector is and, and the role that they play in the community. Um, because I think that there's, I think we've got, I think there's maybe some confusion and some different understandings about that. But for me, you know, being able to be active in the community and supportive in the community, there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. And so, um, you know, sharing work, supporting, you know, being there to answer questions and to uplift, you know, there's so many ways of doing that. And those are things that I enjoy. But also, it's been a wonderful opportunity to be able to connect with artwork and to connect with artists and, you know, to be able to see them succeed on their journey. And I think, too, that's something that I've learned more about, you know, art, definitely from like the technical side and the art history side, which I enjoy learning about. But then also seeing creative ways in which people are utilizing that and really understanding more of the details. And, you know, that's something we've, we've hit on, I know, even earlier today in, in the um, in our art share space was talking about how the artist feedback AMA. I think I've learned a lot more about what art I connect with and then also how to talk about that. That's been a big part of learning is how to talk about art 
you know, and appreciate art that you may not even have. It, you separate your personal connection from the art itself and being able to talk about it and, and share elements and break it down. So I've loved learning that process very, very much. Um, and then also seeing, you know, ways in which you, know, you start thinking about, are you curating as particular gallery? Are you sharing a message? For me, I do collect a lot of art that really, for me, it's about connecting with a story. Storytelling is super important to me. Um, I love, so I connect a lot with documentary photography, portraits, street photography, you know, and even, you know, learning about, I know you're the one that, that mentioned this about the portrait and lands and wildlife photography are really the same. It's just a different subject. And I've, that stayed with me. And I love that understanding because it is storytelling in a, just a different, a different aspect, you know, a different, a, you have a cat instead of a person, but you're still telling and capturing the story. So, you know, being able to open, be open-minded and develop those understandings is so cool. Um, but as you look through my collection, you are going to see a lot of female artists represented. And also if it's, if it's not a female artist, there's, it's going to be pretty likely that there's probably a female in the photo, which has been something I didn't really realize would be the case. Um, but I do love also, you know, a, a feeling, an emotional connection with those pieces. Um, so regardless of the genre, that's really what ends up at the end of the day. The underlying is a storytelling and an emotional connection. Um, and being able to create that opportunity with artists and being able to learn more about their connection to the piece or their message with the piece, I'm definitely one of those people that that is something that resonates with me. And I know we don't always have that with everyone in this space, which is totally fine. But for me as a collector, that is something that I love learning those little details. Um, like on my bio, I have a guy, a guy Bourdain photo. And the thing that I love about that photo, he's an amazing photographer. But to know that the, the little boy in the picture is actually his son, Samuel, who now runs the estate. For me, that little detail is like such an amazing detail. And you don't know that from looking at the photo. But for me, that adds even another level of significance. So I love learning the, the, whole, the whole picture. So the little details and everything. So so those are the things that for me is, and so, you know, being able to come into spaces and hear artists talk about it and to read their descriptions and to see, you know, really what they're putting in. I'm one of those people that that's, that's really, really valuable to me. Wonderful to know that because storytelling is definitely one of the most important parts. You know, I think the reason we do photography is to tell the story. And I think uh, it's good to emphasize on that. And also, I want to know one more thing, which is, I know, Jaden is right here. Uh, we all know her biggest fear is aliens. Uh, so she keeps seeing aliens all the time, all around her. So what's your biggest fear? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. I have to say, I did have a time period where aliens bothered me. I watched way too many horror movies um, at a certain point in time, and I could kind of deal with a lot of them but aliens was something that if I was driving down the country road I still could have my doors locked and totally safe but still had that vulnerability um gosh I let's see I don't Oh, gosh, I'm going to I'm going to see what Jay, I'm a little more nervous, but we'll see what Jaden has to say. <laughs> and then I'll come up with I'll see what my answer is. But Jaden, I'm not 100 percent. We'll see. What do you have to say? Jayden? I was just going to say that that 100 percent even um, encourages my fear right there, because I told you, Sabod, one of the main reasons I'm scared is because I know I'm the prime target for abduction. And one of the reasons why I don't know if you know this, but me and 
and M live like close to the same spot is because we live in the middle of nowhere and these roads are so isolated that we could literally be abducted and no one would know okay so I'm just saying that is half the reason of my fear so she's confirming it even more but you know uh, listening to this story you should be more concerned about humans uh, serial killers or any one of those guys instead of aliens i am surprised you think of aliens more than some humans you know like lurking around in the dark there's no humans where we are sabad i mean there's probably more aliens than there are humans I do think that I'm definitely, you know, I would even know when Jade went off to college, I spoke to her a lot about being in safe places. I'm one of those people for sure, like paying attention to where you are, paying attention to what you're doing, you know, all of those things. I watched a lot of Unsolved Mysteries too as a kid, and that definitely probably skewed my understanding about things. So, um, but that, yeah, I definitely have a respect for that. I used to say, I used to say I would have a fear of heights, um, and I did. I had a legitimate, like, legs shaking like scared of heights but we know we built a zip line and somehow i decided that i was going to do that even though i was scared of heights and i've overcome that so i'm a big proponent for facing those fears and stepping out of your box and being able to to overcome that so i might have been a little nuts but um that was my biggest fear for a long time <laughs> I was just going to say, I didn't know about the height one, but I will vouch for Emma on the uh, always being aware of your surroundings because every single time I'd come home from college, I would get a speech from her. I think that she just thought I was going to get kidnapped or something. Apparently, everyone thinks I'm the prime target for any kind of abduction, um, but I will vouch for her on that one. <laughs> oh, I told... Sorry, Emma, please, after you. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Now, I just wanted to again remind uh, remind uh, Jaden that since you're such a potential customer for the alien, if they abduct you, please do bring something back from the spaceship. Yeah, we have that deal. Anything we'll do, whatever you know, ashtray or their cigarettes or their books or whatever they may have in the spaceship, something from the other world. I'll grab a probe just for you, Sabad. But starting tomorrow, Emma and Jaden and even Pam and Superboy, you too. We're gonna have all the bodyguards around it. So yeah, but we don't have to worry about yeah. it. But I need to mention this. You know, today is that great festival of Halloween. So you may see some guys dressed up like an coming around. So just make sure you keep a distinction for today at least. You know, otherwise you may think they are aliens and you you just happen to see them on the road. I didn't even think about that, Sabod. Now you're gonna ruin some little kid's day because if they show up to my house in an alien mask, I am not giving them candy. Just give them licorice. <laughs> I see Alpha and the listener, and uh, he. Since he's here, he can know because he was part of the scarring me for life on the licorice. But um, I, that literally does not even cross my mind anymore. I've tried to block that time of my life out. Well, I feel I feel really sorry if there is a little kid who shows up to your door as an alien because they might, they might have just picked the wrong costume for this year and that house. Um, but but that, imagine, imagine you know, since, since there's such a great chance that she'll be abducted and imagine an alien walks to her door today, actual one, just comes to her door and she thinks it's a kid, you know, she gives some chocolates and then she's kidnapped. Well, maybe she won't get kidnapped. Maybe the alien will go back home and say, oh, these people on this planet are so friendly they give you chocolate you just have to knock on their door so Pam's saying I need to still give them candy just in case they take that as me being friendly so they won't kidnap me pretty much make sure you give no. them a good candy don't give them a spoiled candy otherwise they'll abduct you 
No, what I like right now is this is a Sloika space. It's going to be a podcast and it almost sounds like Joe Rogan's show. So good job. Anything for you about? <laughs> we want to get on your top list of podcasts that you would listen to anyway. Oh, that's really funny. Um, well, I, so so yeah, I, I, I'm so glad, uh, Sabo, that you brought up the whole aspect of um, Emma being a collector as well. And um, that's something that I was, you know, she, she was one of the very first um, collectors of uh, the stoner cats, or I think you got that on secondary, if I remember the story from your, from your podcast. Um, do you sell any of your work on secondary or are you just, do you kind of hold on to whatever you collect? Um, so I guess that would be different on the PFP side. I definitely have sold some in the past, um, because I had actually had collected, I was, I definitely collected into the female, more of the female PFP side or women led projects in the fall. And, you know, they really had a good run in the, in the winter time. So I did sell quite a, you know, sell some of those. And, and I enjoy from that aspect too, of kind of the buying and selling. Um, and that's something thing I like doing with the PFP side. So for instance, like um, Boss Beauties was one that um, then it just kind of fuels my, um, helps fund some of my other collecting. Um, But I did really well with that. And that one was really, really fun to be able to kind of pick out some traits and see what did well selling on secondary. Um, And so also with artwork, I don't know that I have listed any one of ones. I have some with additions. And for me too, that one of those motivations is I am I'm really excited about the opportunity for, you know, the fact that we have royalties with our work and the fact that artists can continue to um, to really be successful as their work is appreciated at different levels. So I am I am not a I'm not negative about secondary sales whatsoever. And I have done that with some of the additions that we collected over the addition season and love seeing, you know, that opportunity there. And but I, I think that we're really early to see a lot of that. But I have I've collected some from secondary um, and I haven't listed a lot yet for my photography pieces I've collected. But as things um, progress in the future, I might be open to that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and how so um, how do you find the works that you are going to collect? Like I know you said that you love storytelling. You love meeting the artists in spaces and hearing their story and hearing about those um, those pieces, but do, is there any other way that people have, um, like, uh, you've, you've encountered other people's work? And then um, we, then we're going to go to Eric Perret, who we just brought up as a speaker after that. That sounds great. And hi, Eric. Great to have you joining us. Um, I would say part of it's just being so involved in this space. Um, so getting to know, you know, artists. Um, I, I do enjoy, even with the podcast, you know, asking about favorite podcasts. I now listen to Twitter Space is so much more than um, I probably do podcasts, but learning about different people, learning about, you know, what they're working on, hearing, you know, this little mention and being able to kind of go down the rabbit hole. I love doing that. And also I'm kind of the, probably the type um, of collector that I kind of, I like to learn about it and kind of go a little bit deeper maybe. And I'm not the one that probably like sees something and buys it right away. I kind of like knowing more about the person or the piece and kind of making that 
connection. I'm not necessarily the kind of collector that has to like DM with an artist and kind of, you know, build that that initial one-on-one connection, but I definitely love hearing from artists and seeing what they're create what they're creating and really sometimes it's even waiting for a particular piece that I really resonate with. So I kind of view myself as like I could really be a big supporter of an artist, but I may not be a collector until there's a piece that really connects with me because I think too um, that appreciation for me is is something I really appreciate. I, I really like there to be that connection with a particular piece. Um, so that's I, I definitely kind of factor that into the decision making and how I find pieces. So again, I may be connected with an artist and follow an artist for quite some time, but there may not just be that one piece that connects. But then I know that there will be down the road. And do you have any like goals for yourself in terms of what you want to collect? Like, are you trying to, uh, you know, I don't know, find something that's like undiscovered or like a grail or uh, do you have like a certain like any sort of benchmarks that you um, kind of see in your future of collecting? That is a great question. Uh, definitely a great question. Um, I think right now we do have some opportunities to be able, you know, one of the benefits of being so early on, you know, there's there's opportunities to be able to collect pieces that down the road could be very valuable and very desired. Um, and I think that I think that it's helpful to be able to find people that you connect with early on from the collector's standpoint that does appreciate that and are going to trust your process and also kind of trust in your artwork to be able to cultivate that opportunity to continue to grow like a custodian, let's say. Um, and so I think that that part is really awesome with where we're at. As far as goals for myself, I think I've learned a little bit more about that process as I've been collecting. I didn't really have that pro- probably that viewpoint coming into the process, but now starting to think about, um, you know, curating a gallery, curating, you know, spaces to be able to show the work. Um, goals kind of then kind of start coming into mind. And I know that like I started doing creating a digital online gallery and then you kind of think about things a little bit differently like where would I put that piece how does that piece communicate with others that I have in my collection but really for me it's it's more about I would say any goal would be more about kind of collecting pieces along the way so for instance like when I travel um, something I love to do is be able to collect a piece of art from the areas that I visit and so it may not be you know and often you know it's not going to be something huge or monumental but like I traveled Europe when I was in my 20s and I have pieces that I bought from street artists, you know, at different places. And those are still pieces that I really appreciate because you connect with where you were at that time period. And so for me, there's definitely pieces in my collection that are kind of that connection too. like I connect with an artist and I connect with, you know, different things, different understandings, different things, even that were happening within the NFT culture at a particular time period that I know that those are going to be kind of monumental for me or important to me, sentimental to me over time. And so those are things that I think about too. So I think it too, as we continue in this space, those goals kind of change and those things kind of change over time. But I think really it's just kind of also helping to um, support an ecosystem that 
it provides trust for people that are like people that are actively working to build the trust in the community on multiple sides. But that's really who I want. You know, that's kind of important to me as people that I that I am actually investing in and seeing grow in the space. I'd say for an actual if I had a goal with collecting is to help promote and support those that are helping to create this ecosystem that are going that's going to help the the communities grow in a positive direction. Um, that's kind of that would probably be my overwhelming like guideline there. That's really cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's it, it, I always love hearing directly from collectors about you know this this kind of question um, because like you said you're like hmm, that's a good question I should probably think about that like I think as as you're adding adding more pieces um, to your collection. Um, yeah, it just it, it even opens up more of those um, those potential questions for yourself and more and cool directions. Um, I love collecting street art when I travel too, so I, I am totally uh, I, I have a house full of very interesting <laughs> interesting pieces for that reason. Um, let's go to Eric. I I'm so happy to see you here, Eric. Welcome. Hi, Pam. Thanks for having me on the stage. It's been a while. So cool to hear everyone today. Hi, Emma and Jaden the stars of this uh, Twitter space and hi Subod. Hi Eric, great to see you. I came for two small topics. Uh, first, um, talking about Instagram. There's a nice account I've been following for a while and they do collection updates once in a while. It's called Meta Jungle. It's great to discover new artists. I highly recommend that Instagram account to everyone listening. It's called Meta Jungle, right? Thanks for that alpha, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and Second thing, um, you were talking about podcasts uh, earlier, and uh, of course, my favorite is The Dark Room, and I just finished listening to the one with Tech Bubble from uh, last week, and um, sorry, Pam, I heard you calling my name, but I, I was on the road, and the, the connection was so bad, and I didn't even uh, hear that, so it was weird to, <laughs> to hear that on the replay. Uh, you trying to get me on stage, it was just sketchy. We've been uh, on the road for, for so long and always with weird connection. Uh, so that's why we've been away for, for that long. But we'll, we'll try to be a bit uh, more present uh, uh, for the upcoming uh, weeks. And another uh, podcast, um, Emma, I, I don't know if you know this one, but it's so good. Um, it's called um, the Uberman, Uberman Lab podcast. Uh, talking about health, mostly super good. I'm not as familiar with that one, but I will definitely check it out because I do. I spend a lot of time in the car, so I always love having options for podcasts. And that sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, it's the best in that category, I think. Uh, Huberman with an H. I will check that out. And mentioning podcasts, I listened to a great one the other day with NorCal Guy and you and Kim. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it was, that was part of this road trip, and it was just uh, probably two weeks ago. Uh, we drove from Montreal to um, the south of USA, and then to North Northern California, where we met with Norcal, and we had a light painting session with him. Actually, so we know how he looks like. <laughs> 
That is so cool. It's a great interview. I really, really enjoyed it. And um, that's one of the cool things, too, because I didn't know about your coding background. I didn't know that that was um, one of the things that you have such a strong emphasis in. So that was a really cool detail. Yeah, I I used to love coding. Probably I would still love it. It's just too time consuming. Uh, once once I when I start coding, I have to do only this for hours to be efficient. And this is not something I I, I cannot find the time because of all the photo editing, video editing, company management, uh, all the photo shoots we do. Uh, so that's I think it's over for me. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever code again. But it's been a fun ride for many years. Well, I don't blame you either. You can pull in some other people to do those other things now, hi. And yeah, you can highlight your strengths that other people can't do, so that you're so good at. <laughs> Thanks. So, Eric, I was going to ask you about this photo shoot with uh, with NorCal. And um, so, was he doing the dancing or the light painting? <laughs> He did the light painting on me. So I was the model, Kim was triggering the camera, and he was doing the light. Got it. That's a that's a like musical chairs from what <laughs> what you yeah. usually do. <laughs> exactly. And how did it turn out? Quite good. Not our typical environment. We were in a almond field or upon that field so trees a lot of trees and the alignment looked great during daytime but not that much at night um, but i think i learned how to light up in a better way that kind of environment so i've been thinking every day about shooting in forest since that day so yeah at some point we'll have to visit the forest but probably not a place where it's planted by human because it's too um in line the lines are too perfect um, i need something a bit more messy and um yeah we're planning to visit a uh, beautiful forest somewhere next year just to create a bunch of uh, light painting images mm, that'll be really cool we can't wait to see it um go ahead sabon yeah i just want to ask eric like you have cats i've seen i love your post about your cats all the time which is always titled currently so what do you do with your cats when you travel? Do you take them along or someone takes care of them? Oh, she doesn't want to travel. <laughs> she she wants to stay home. She's in front of me currently uh, sleeping. And uh, now she went to her grandma this time. Uh, it was not a big success. She took a couple of pounds. She's a bit overweight now. So <laughs> I think uh, um, we'll have to find a way to make her more active when she's not with us. Usually she, she um, stays with the team upstairs because I live in the basement where I work with, the, with my team and they take care of her. But as we were leaving for for two months, it was a, um, too many weekends by herself and something I, I wanted to avoid. And uh, Kim's mother uh, was okay to take the cat. And I think she was happy. It's just that she was not uh, running as much as she's doing here. So she's a bit overweight now. We'll take care of that. I didn't know that a cat could get exercise. <laughs> I mean, I've seen them like jump up to a counter, uh, maybe, you know, bat around at a fly, but I don't see a cat as getting exercise. I must be missing something. Uh, I exercise the cat by running after her. So she, she gets all excited and she runs um, something that she probably stopped doing for two months. So does Angie have any um, exercise routines? 
Man, today she was just sitting in front of me. I mean, she was that typical cat pose, you know, when they sit and their legs disappear. So she was sitting like that, and it looked like a big football. You know, like even she's a bit overweight. I think I need to make her run now. I learned something from Eric. Now I'm gonna chase her all around. <laughs> so, um, Eric, does your cat only run when it's when she's being chased, or can you have her chase an object, like get a laser pointer or something like that to help some exercise? She, she asks for it. She wants to play, and um, so usually it's just when she asks, and then we start running in in the house uh, like crazy. Uh, she also loves playing with the sun rays, um, so it's like a laser, but I'm using. Uh, a mirror on my phone to uh, to reflect the, the the sunlight, and then she gets all excited and then she jumps. Oh, that's really <laughs> awesome! Um, so, Eric, since we've been talking with Emma today, and we were asking her questions instead of um, having her just, um, you know, uh, ask our questions or having us <laughs> be able to talk about things, um, ha- have you have you had any? Um, experiences with Meta Jungle that you would like to share about, like some of your past experiences. Uh, nothing specific, just the the constant positive uh, vibe that Emma is bringing with her beautiful voice and always super welcoming with everyone. So it's, uh, it's a general, very positive uh, feeling that I have about uh, Metal Jungle. And Emma, I'm sorry, I'm so late at uh, providing you the uh, the answers to the question. Same for you, Pama. You, you also asked us a bunch of questions and we've been working on that for three months, I think now. But we're coming to to an end now. Uh, Kim is, has been working on that. Uh, Kim put a 100% if you're with with us i think she is yeah so yeah we'll provide that very soon that's great that's great go ahead i was just gonna say i was just gonna say no worries whatsoever i know you guys have been on the road and yeah we'll we'll be very happy to highlight that when it comes and and also um eric and kim did a wonderful workshop within meta jungle so and that is also available on our youtube channel um but fantastic workshop about um their process and how they create their images and so we appreciated the time and such an advanced level like usually we're like sharing a screen but they're like live there on camera and everything so it's a wonderful workshop if anybody would like to check it out. <laughs> thanks. Yes, let's all check it out. Um, go ahead, Sabot. Yeah, thanks, Pam. Uh, I just wanted to ask uh, Emma about the upcoming exhibition which is going to happen in Venice. And you're also going to Paris. So if you can take us through that and let us know more about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we are super excited. Tomorrow is actually the launch day for a collection that we are sponsoring through Meta Jungle. And it's all um, a collection that's curated from Alpha Trilogy's Vault collection. And he and I curated the exhibit. Um, but we had this is an um, in conjunction with Super Chief. And they have um, in real life gallery spaces now kind of in multiple spots around the world. Um, they're known for their New York and their LA location here in the States, but they also have secured a gallery space in um, Venice that they, um, and we are going to be um, showing this particular exhibit that we have curated there. So um, for the month of November, um, it's going to be running on eight screens there. And um, we're highlighting um, 98 pieces, 98 photographs and 90 photographers um, and nine different genres of photography 
photography. And so we're super excited. It's been a great um, opportunity to go through the process, revisit some of the pieces, you know, that, that actually, that Alpha actually collected, you know, a long, you know, what feels like a long time ago, but a year ago in the space, but to really be able to highlight um, those pieces. And the theme is discovering web uh, photography in Web3. So our goal was really to create um, an exhibit that really gave people a good understanding of, of, you know, of all the opportunities within photography here in the NFT space. So we have highlighted um, artists that have, you know, a, a really strong in real life presence, but also those that have been really active in the Web3 space and those that are emerging here in um, the NFT space and, and starting to, to gain a following. Um, and it's um, so we're also I'm doing a, a series on our podcast that I'm going to be highlighting um, these artists as well. So we'll be able to tune in there and we also have a video being created that's going to give a great experience for those that can't see the exhibit in real life as well um, so be able to share that experience with everyone um, but yeah this has been it's a really really exciting opportunity and so glad that we're able to um, provide this and so if anyone's close to Venice for the month of November would love to, you to come come by and see the um, exhibit in real life um, I'm going to be there in about two weeks. Um, I actually got invited to come to Photo Paris. I'm sorry, Paris Photo. Um, and so super excited to be coming over for that um, event and be able to meet hopefully um, as many people as possible in real life, but also just excited to come for the photo conference and to also see how Web3 is starting to make a presence in the photography space in such a big way. So um, I'll be in Paris starting on the 10th. Um, so the 10th through the 13th and making a little pit stop down, um, I believe in Florence and then on the way to Venice and then spending a day or two in Venice getting to see the exhibit in real life. And so if anyone's out there that would like to meet up along the way, I think that Armin and I may try and meet. Gianluca and I, I think are going to try and connect um, and see some others, maybe Julio along the way. Um, and so it'll be fun to get to make those connections, but really looking forward to the trip. And then I'll, I'm also going to Miami um, the first week of December. So if anyone else is going to Miami, we can meet up there. I know I'm going to get to meet Swati in Miami, which I'm really, really excited about. So that's the other exciting part is starting to create these chances where um, we know each other, you know, here virtually, but also getting to meet in real life. And so Dubai's not on the list yet, but it will be soon, I'm sure. <laughs> I was about to say that, but you mentioned it anyway. Well, I'd love to know how much you, you're doing to to really elevate um, NFT photographers in the whole NFT space and the whole Web3 space. Um, of course, that's super exciting um, to hear because I'm a photographer, but also, um, you know, my involvement with Sloika um, and we're a photo only NFT platform. So I am just um, really excited that that you're that you're doing so much work to uh, to really elevate um, the practitioners of this out there in the real world world. Um, I think it's going to help onboard a lot of people or at least make them curious enough or at least make them go, wait, I think I heard something about that, you know, and, and just the more, um, the more exposure, I think the web three space gets in amongst people who are um, unfamiliar with it, uh, you know, the better. Um, and so kudos to you for, for doing all those, um, all those activities. Um, do, do you, um, 
Oh, I want to. I want to actually. Uh, before I ask my next question, I wanted to go to someone else we have on stage, uh, Muhammad. Um, I, I, we brought you up as a speaker. I wanted to know do you, if you have a question for Emma or um, or Meta Jungle. You're welcome to speak. Mohammed, are you available? Maybe not. Maybe not at the moment. Okay, we'll come back uh, later. You can raise your hand, Mohammed, if um, if we missed you there. But um, yeah, I was just I was just um, just along the idea of onboarding new people into Web three. I think that that's just a really great activity we can all be doing during this sort of bear market where. Um, you know, it's time to build, it's time to like, think about, um, let our imaginations go wild about like, what could be, what, what could we have happened, um, you know, moving forward in the future. So, um, have you heard of any other, uh, really, um, great, uh, like inroads into the real world or like any bridges being built from like, uh, people who aren't familiar with web three, um, how to get them over into this space? Have you seen any other really great success stories along those lines? Um, I think, you know, one of the things, one of the communities that I've kind of been um, gaining more of a connection with and and appreciation for is Fellowship Trust, because I do think that that's one of their missions is to help, um, especially for photography, to be able to provide education, to be able to help those that are in the Web3 space kind of learn about others, but also really a big emphasis on bringing traditional collectors into really actually photographers and collectors, but those that are active in the web two space, bringing them into web three and learning why there's an appreciate, you know, why to have an appreciation for that, all the opportunities that are available here. Um, so that is a group that I've really been impressed with um, their process, their approach, how they're going about that um, to be able to help people, you know, understand. And I think we're going to be seeing this more and more as we are moving forward in this space is the this chance that it's not going to be so daunting and overwhelming. It's going to be a more um, straightforward process. Um, so, you know, I think also being able to connect communities like Silica and Meta Jungle and, you know, Obscura and Fellowship Trust and ones that have a united front um, to be able to see that happening. Um, and I know Barry Sutton with 96 Studio is working in that direction as well. And, you know, starting to see these um, different builders in this space that have been here and learning, helping them kind of be the the glue to help bring all the pieces together and make hopefully help others come into the space and not have to kind of relearn all the same things over again because I think that having you know having people here that you can turn to keeps you from having to learn all you know start from the very 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 bottom and work up we can kind of start at a different level but really I think the trust is such a big part of it too being able to come in and have you know an understanding so that way people aren't just worried that this is a scam or this is something that they've got to be super careful about that we can kind of come to an even spot here and like start understanding that side of it and not that there has to be regulations but we can kind of provide that from the community aspect of ways in which we can help people um, feel good about the connections that they're making and also the decisions that they're making that's really that's really so important and i wonder if that harkens back to what you're saying earlier um about how like some things that uh, meta jungle's working on sort of in the background is is that kind of a tool to help people um better understand where they are when they land here and better understand you know um how to 
safely navigate or those kinds of things. Is is that kind of in that sort of realm? Definitely a motivation for sure and tools definitely to help people, yes, understand that and, and be able to make um, those educated decisions. So have tools that they can use as a resource to make really good educated decisions. I don't like to say good because that kind of puts a, um, a good or a bad where there's like a judgment there. But um, really for us, it's about making educated decisions. Yes, yes, of course. Educated. It's a very good word. You're, you're very good with, uh, with um, you know, you can tell that you are coming from um, a really responsible thinking place, you know, like um, to, to be um, open and transparent about, about those things. Um, I want to say hi to Swati, who's just now on our speaker's stage. Hi, Swati. Hi, Pam. I suppose, Emma, I just... I just wanted to come up to say I love you very much and I can't wait to see you in Miami and I want to thank you for everything that you do and for your friendship, so-called friendship. <laughs> I love you. You're so yes, sweet, Swati. I love you too. <laughs> thank you so much for everything. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And yes, I really, um, Swati and I, we actually connected first in a meta jungle space and have gained so much appreciation and have been able to build that friendship along the way. And she's definitely one of the people I look forward to getting to connect with in, in Miami. So looking forward to that in real life meetup. <laughs> And Subodh is doing the, you know, the the fist thing. I think he's actually throwing punches at me <laughs> instead of because <laughs> I'm meeting you, and you know, he's not. You're not going to Dubai right now, Subodh. Sorry, next time. Yeah, I mean, Dubai is not too far. You know, I just need to figure out somehow a way to make everyone come to Dubai. We are working on it. We'll make this the center of the world. I, I am coming to Dubai next year because my uh, sister-in-law is in Abu Dhabi. So, yeah, I have plans. That's wonderful. Please do come. Please do come. Dubai is wonderful. I'll take you around. Thank you. And Pam, thanks again. You know, it's always such a pleasure to come up and, uh, you know, or come to your space and uh, listen to you. You're such an amazing host. And also one quick thing I wanted to say, you know, I was saying this to Jaden and Emma today that, you know, when, I, when I'm in the Meta Jungle space in the morning, I mean, it's just so, I'm so happy to hear Jaden's voice. You know, it just feels like, you know, she's so happy to be there to host. And it's just, uh, we're so happy that Jaden's back. And Emma, so, you know, we just love our Meta Jungle team. Well, Swati, I'm very happy to be back. And um, you hear the joy because I am always very, very happy to be there with you guys every Monday. But um, yes, we love you. And it really is so much fun. And Pam, you really are an incredible host, too. Oh, yes. Everyone yes. feels so welcome. Yeah. And Pam, you know, Pam knows that. I've said that to her like a million times. She knows. We have some amazing women hosts. But you know, did you observe that Jaden Jaden was speaking and it looked like she was in a spaceship? I think oh, something happened. Oh, uh, maybe maybe oh, Mustafa right. Mu Mustafa is our alien. Maybe Mustafa abducted her. <laughs> or it could be that Jaden is on her way to uh, get her little uh, animals ready to go trick or treating for the first time. This is a 
This is a very special day if it's the very first trick-or-treating outing. <laughs> so we should probably uh, we should probably let you get started with that. Um, I was going to just um, – so thank you, Swati, for, for joining us. And, um, yes, we are in total agreement with you that we love Emma and, and Jaden and Alpha and everyone over at MetaJungle. Um, Mike and Sabod and Sarah Lindsay and all of the folks that are helpful to the photographers over there and to the to the collectors who are just getting started. I think it's a really good place. Um, I was just going to say there are going to there maybe is like one or maybe two listeners in the space who maybe this is the first time hearing about Meta Jungle. So um, Emma, could you let people know how to get involved, where they can find you? Um, and and this also goes for any listeners to the podcast who haven't um, been in our Twitter space yet or have joined your Discord, but just let people know how what's the best way to get involved in this great community that you guys have built. That is a great question. And um, of course, you can follow our Twitter, um, which is at MetaJungleNFT. Um, we also, like Eric had mentioned, so great. Um, we do have um, an Instagram page that is also MetaJungleNFT. We have Facebook that's MetaJungleNFT. Um, and we share all of our pieces that we've collected. We share those across our platforms. Um, we also... Um, share all of our things that we do in discord if you go to our twitter page at meta jungle nft you can find the link to our discord channel we have a lot happening over there as well so um you can in that community you're welcome to ask questions share artwork we have a lot of channels for art shares so both for artists to post but also those that are looking to collect pieces it's a great way to connect with artists um, we also hold our artist feedback ama every week um, and we've had Sabot has been a great co-host with us. Um, Mike Schmidt has also done that with us. We've had Arwen, Sarah, Dan Hawk, um, a, a number, um, Samia Brada, a number of great um, co-hosts with us along the way. Um, but that happens as a live session within the Discord. So we do it there so we can also use screen share options and be able to really have a great conversation and review. Basically, it's a curation review. So we people can submit their artwork and then we do a live session where we provide honest feedback from those that are experienced in the space so we cover questions too about um, you know contracts and different you know ways in which we can curate our work so both from the the photography side but really about the written word the text and what to include in descriptions um, we also record those sessions so um, we also do workshops within our discord and so those get recorded as well which we've had some wonderful ones Sabota has done a fantastic workshop with us about taking portraits like I mentioned Eric has as well um, we've had um, lots of wonderful um, Musafa Aiden has done one for astrophotography which was a four-part series um, Yulia Denzik did a great one on travel photography um, we just we do have some great ones we record all of these opportunities and have them on our YouTube channel um, so we have we have well over I think I know we have well over 100 videos on our YouTube channel but I think we're probably to 150 at this time so um, you can go back and review those. So if you're coming into the space and wondering what's important when collecting or either even how to curate a successful NFT collection, there's wonderful resources there to be able to review and also connections of people to reach out to if you have questions and you're looking to kind of fig start figuring things out. Um, and then we also use a lot of our um, podcasts, which I do one of our podcasts as well. Welcome to the NFT 
jungle. So talk about my, my collection. Jaden talks about her collection. We're doing the series for um, the uh, Super Chief collection as well. So lots and lots of great information there about people to follow things, you know, things that are happening within the space. Um, and then we also carry that over to a regular podcast, which is Welcome to the NFT Meta Jungle. So you can find us there. So we have lots and lots of ways to connect with us as a community um, and to be able to be involved. We also host Twitter spaces on a typical schedule will be Sundays, Mondays, and Fridays at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time and cover a variety of topics. We have our art share space on Monday and then on Sunday, Sabode and Mike and I host um, our Meta Jungle NFT radio space. And then on Fridays, Sarah Lindsay and I typically host our Navigating NFT space as well. So lots of ways to connect with us. Wow. And as you can see, <laughs> um, there's, yeah, they're just so, and it's, and it's a super friendly, um, super friendly community. So you can either just listen in, you can participate, you can, uh, get involved in chats with, uh, with people on discord. Um, and I just, I want to say thank you so much for, for joining us and being our featured guest. Um, we're, we're super, um, just super supportive and, and excited about what you guys are doing. Um, and, I, I wanted to ask, what do you see as, what does the horizon look like for NFT photographers and collectors in say like maybe three to five years? That's a great question. And I am really excited actually for the direction for photography. I think NFT, you know, gives us that opportunity to have that provenance there and to be able to, I kind of see the description in the text that we're able to mint with a piece as kind of like that placard that you see in a museum when you go and see it there, that that information can stay with that forever. And I absolutely love that, um, that, that we're able to actually connect to that information, that metadata with that piece and it's going to travel from that point forward. Um, so my my hopes and goals and dreams are associated with um, you know photography really being appreciated. Those stories being able to be captured in an artist's viewpoint and that that story staying with those pieces. It's like a time capsule in a way to be able to capture those moments in time and to mint them in a permanent way that we can always reflect back from those and that that information can't be forgotten. It can't be changed. I just think it's such a pivotal point um, with photography to be able to do that in that way. Um, so I really see further adoption. I also see the opportunity to be able to, you know, use those stories in educational ways, to be able to display them in, you know, artistic and, you know, more casual ways, but really seeing the, the display part advancing. Um, and, you know, it's very possible that, you know, we're going to be able to go into a space and learn about a particular time in history based on the photography that was captured and the stories being told by the journalists and that part can't you know people will have more freedom in what they're able to understand and be able to be there in those moments and I just think that that's just an amazing amazing advancement um, so those are the things for me for photography I really see and also for you know the opportunity for artists to be able to connect directly with people that appreciate their work um, there's also I think going to be um, more of a 
elements for those that kind of work even as a, a go-between between artists and maybe the the collector um, I think that that may be something that is advancing and I think that there may you know there's going to be those that are really um, excited about that but others that I think are still going to have the opportunity if they want to be a standalone artist there's going to be that opportunity as well so I think that's a really exciting part that we haven't seen but I do think is going to be developing um, and so also just that chance to really have the freedom as an artist to be able to create what you want to create, tell your stories, be able to connect and appreciate, and also being able to kind of have the ownership um, over what you're creating and that control of documenting it and curating it the way that you want it to be then transferred from that point forward and appreciated, which I think is just absolutely amazing. Um, and so I think there's going to be a lot of things change that we don't expect um, because there, this space moves so fast all the time um, but that's part of the excitement too um, so those are some of the things that I'm really really excited about for the future well thank you so much for summing that up and um, I, I just going back to what you said at the beginning the longer you're here the earlier it seems <laughs> that we're that we are um, but I wanted to go to Sabod for one final comment because uh, he's got his hand up and he probably has something to go ahead and add thanks Pam so I just wanted to ask uh, Emma like few things like if you could describe this whole NFT verse in one single word, what would that be? Maybe opportunity. That would probably that's what comes to mind first. That's a good one. Yeah, it is an opportunity, no doubt. Uh, and if there's one movie you go back to all the time, uh, which is that comfort movie of yours. Um, let's see. Very recently, I've really enjoyed one that's, um, I'm not even going to remember the name of it, so I probably should skip that one. It's based, it's, it's based with, I think it's New York in the Rain. Um, and I don't watch a lot of long movies. Um, I watch a lot of series, to be honest. Um, and so one of my favorites is, um, probably, um, Murders in the Building. I really, really liked that one, um, on Hulu. Um, and I'm, yeah, I I don't watch a lot of long movies. See, I'm glad you, watch, you. I'm glad. Sorry, could it go ahead? No, I'm glad to invite. No, I'm, I'm, I was just saying I'm glad you didn't say Dubai Bling or whatever that new Netflix is, series has come out. I'm glad it's not that. That's enough. And what's that one song you go to? And like one go-to song whenever you want that comfort. Um, probably Killers is probably one of my favorite bands that I go to. That's probably. Um, that that and also um, any plane that I'm on I listen to Coldplay it just helps me go to sleep I don't know that's a travel one that I just go to but I listen to a lot of different music so I enjoy lots of different genres I don't listen to a lot of rap but I listen to um, a lot of classic rock a lot of 80s rock um, country all the gamuts so yeah definitely but um, Killers is a number one that's great I and I'm glad Coldplay makes you sleep that's what it does to me as well so sorry Jaden please go ahead I was gonna say I just want to point out I raised my hand before Emma said Coldplay because I was gonna 100% say Coldplay because there was a period for some reason where we got like the yellow album on something and it was on replay or repeat and I swear it was the only thing we heard for like two weeks I don't know why but I'm pretty positive it was because of Emma um, but I know your favorite is definitely Justin Bieber, right, Jaden? That was a long, long time ago, Sabode. Long time ago. Um, yeah, but coming... <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, Pam, sorry. 
just last one uh, if, if there's one book you go to uh, whenever you need that comfort if there is any book these are really good questions about um, I do read I do enjoy reading I have really to be honest I have not done as much reading in the last year as I used to and I've been thinking lately I need to start doing that um, and probably one of my most interesting books that I enjoyed reading was Under the Banner of Heaven as just like a recreation um, kind of storyline, which it's now, a, a, I haven't watched the series yet, but that was a really good read. Um, but I'm definitely open to suggestions if anybody has um, any reading suggestions. Good to know. Just, you know, it just gives you an insight into a person, you know, when you know these things, these three things, especially, you know, it gives a nice overview of uh, to understand a person's taste and also to just you know kind of put things together <laughs> i know we spend a lot of time in spaces but we rarely talk about these things <laughs> exactly that's what i'm thinking <laughs> And I am a big, I'm a big John Grisham fan. Um, and so I love murder mystery books, you know, the kind of the adventure books. And so I don't always pick like a title, but just more of a genre. Um, and so the, yeah, those were definitely, I enjoy a lot of John Grisham books. Wonderful to know. Same, I could ask for Jaden, if Jaden could go through the three, uh, movie, song and a book. Um, my go-to movie is probably between two, either the Titanic, if I have the time to set all the way the movie. Hey, Jay, I, you, I think you, you might be getting close to home, huh? You were cutting out some. Oh, yeah, I might be. But, okay, I take all those back. My comfort movie, hands down, is Dirty Dancing. Um, me and my mom watch that together all the time. Uh, we actually just watched it this weekend with my niece for the first time. And uh, I remember when I was little, I used to make my dad try to do the lift with me at the very end. Um, but Dirty Dancing 100% is my comfort movie. Um, my comfort song would probably be, oh, I don't know. I listen to a lot of music. Um, I really like old country or if I'm like, feeling kind of like sassy i listen to a lot of panic at the disco for some reason um i love panic at the disco and then probably my comfort book is emma actually recommended this well she brought me these books but uh philip phillips i really really enjoy um books kind of set in the um i don't know medieval's not really the right time period but um I don't know. And what, what would you say the time period is there? Those are like 1500s to 1600s. Yes. And I love books set in there based on, I guess, historical fictions are the genre, but uh, definitely historical fiction books. And give me any of those and I'll read them all night long. Thanks so much. It's wonderful to know. Back to you, Pam. Sorry. That, those are really great questions. Thanks so much, the boat. <laughs> um, I, I have a question that... Um, like um this was asked to me this weekend because i was i was at this um party where i hadn't seen people for many many months and so i there was some new friends there and um people were like what do you do for a living and i was like well and i was just gonna ask emma and Jaden both 
What, when people say, what do you do for a living? What do you tell them? That's always an interesting question because people do those be like, what are you working on right now? And um, yes, in, in my ventures, people never totally understand. Um, you know, when you tell me you've built a zip line and all that, they don't, yeah, it's like a totally different thing. Um, so usually I tell them I'm self-employed unless they actually want to really know. And I've learned that from my parents growing up. People would say, what do your parents do? And I'd say, well, you know, they're self-employed or like, do you really want to know or do you just want to kind of know, you know? So <laughs> that's kind of what I determined to. Do you really want to know? Because, yeah, people just kind of look at you like you're crazy. So, um, but I just tell them, yeah, I'm working on a lot of stuff. And yeah, so, but when now with NFTs, it is really funny to see, fun to see if people have started to understand NFTs. And my mom's really cute because she has been watching our podcast and I'm not really sure she totally understands what NFTs are, but she watches us a lot and she shares it with all her friends. And so they're talking about NFTs now. So it's really cute to see that side of it. And I've been encouraging her to start getting her Twitter set up and stuff. But it's something fun that really for all, like every generation in my family, you can connect with them and start getting them interested um, and getting them connected. So um, I'd say with the NFT side, it's really fun to be able to share that with them in a, in a way that they're starting to kind of figure out what's going on. <laughs> that's really great. Yeah, I can. I, I like that answer. I'm self-employed. Like, that's a good one. That's a real good one. Or I'm into a lot of things. Um, Jaden, how about you? Do you do you have a, an answer when someone asks you that question? Um, so, like I said before, uh, it's always something adventurous with Emma and Alpha. So, I basically just tell people I'm a project manager because at this point, I'm always going to be working on a project. So, um, we just, that's kind of my go-to because I never know what I'm doing, but I know it's some kind of project that I'm going to enjoy. So that's a great question. That's a great answer. Um, thank you so much for that. And, um, I want to just say also, uh, thanks Sabode for, uh, for being our co-host and staying up really late, um, to, to join us today. Um, thank you. Jaden for for jumping in and um, and filling out the conversation as far as Meta Jungle goes is so great to talk with you and um, Emma oh my gosh thank you so much for the honor of being our special guest today um, it's really fun to be able to ask questions of you and um, and just uh, also just say how much we all in this whole room and this whole space really appreciate what you do um, and what everyone over in the Meta Jungle community does to uh, to really, you know, demonstrate the best of Web3 and um, and help build out the space. So thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's always great to get to talk about what we're doing with Meta Jungle and to be able to share, you know, share the message a little bit more and also show appreciation for all the community members that make up Meta Jungle um, and be able to, to talk more about that and highlight it. Um, thank you very much um, for those that came up and spoke for Eric and Swati and Kirit. And I know Mohammed has joined us. Um, and Jaden, thank you so much for joining us. Sabod, as always, thank you so much. You are a wonderful, wonderful co-host and Pam you are a wonderful host and we love all that Salika is doing as well so really happy for the opportunity and it's been more like hanging out with friends this has probably been the easiest um, one I've ever joined because um, no pressure at all it was just a great chance to get to hang out with everybody so and thank you to everybody that joined to listen so many familiar faces um, in the listeners so it's great to have everybody here in the room so really appreciate it
Thanks for that, Carrot. Um, and I just wanted to uh, remind everyone to um, to join us again. You know what I like? Oh, what? You know what I like? It was not it was not Kirit. It was me. But he get blamed anyway because everyone knows it's always <laughs> Kirit. Oh, that cracks me up, Simone. <laughs> yes, Kirit is usually the one with the with the sound effects. I forgot that you had the soundboard, Simone, and you're not afraid to use it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, with that, I, I won't blame Carrot on this anymore. <laughs> Credit will go to Sabode at least 50% of the time. Um, just want to remind everyone to join us back here again on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Tim Salikov, who, again, is the editor and writer of Photography on Blockchain, which is an amazing Substack newsletter. Um, he does a great job of analyzing and um, kind of giving us an overview of what happened in the photography NFT space over the last. Uh, week. And then um, next Monday on November 7th, please join us at the same time that we started today, which was uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. And we'll be talking with HCHIP about all kinds of things, including um, what types of NFTs he likes to collect. We might talk about music. Who knows what we're going to talk about? But um, Chip will be joining us at that time. I'm super excited about that. And then we'll have some other exciting guests lined up um, every Monday and Wednesday moving forward. So um, super happy to have you guys all here with us today. Um, listen to the Slika podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks a lot. And we'll see you next time.